The thing, okay, so the thing about uh, John Frankenheimer is mm-hmm. this. There, I think there are lots of movies. Well, okay, let's stop there. Hold on. He doesn't actually have a lot of movies under his belt. Number okay. one. Number two, I think Frankenheimer had this unique relationship with Burt Lancaster, which is mm-hmm. why even though you want to stretch and talk about Frankenheimer in a, in a sometimes non-Lancaster-y way, <laughs> it's difficult because they had this symbiotic relationship. And number three, I think there's a very specific reason they had that relationship, which I'd like to reveal as we go along in the podcast. But how are you, Tom? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Are you COVID-19 free so far? As far as I know. <laughs> yeah. As far as anybody knows at this point. Yeah. I hear you've been making yeah, a lot of bread. How are you doing, kid? You keep, you're keeping out of the uh, keeping out of the hoi polloi and the mixing? Sort of, yeah. I go out because I have a dog, and that's sort of a pleasure to walk the dog around. And yeah, I've been walking my, my roommate's dog. <laughs> oh, I think I see your roommate. Um I uh, I also have been uh, kind of revisiting movies again. I, yeah. I, st- I don't have a lot of time to do it still, but but um, I've been able to to really get uh, re- you know return to some of the classics, my friend. And- yeah, you know what's really funny is I've got I've reached this weird critical mass at this point, and I'm hoping I'll just catch a second breath. Like all the things I normally do to cope with boredom, yeah, are boring me now. So like watching <laughs> movies and reading and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a. a it, so what's happened is, is I'm, um, you know, my my media consumption has a very bad case of ADD. So oh yeah, I mean you should probably. Like I watched I watched uh, the I watched one of the movies we're going to be talking about here today, yeah. but I watched the, like I watched it like five I I turned it off like five times. Really? Yeah. That, oh okay, that is a problem. I think one of the things is you have to space it out. Yeah. I, I think you have to space it out. My wife and I were noticing that we had not really sat down to watch the news in about four or five days. And we and it was like, oh, that's been kind of a relief, actually. And yeah, I, I think whatever it is, all the rabbit hole stuff, which is like Twitter, um, Instagram, but especially YouTube, I think mm-hmm. you have to sort of make a conscious effort to put it away. Yeah. I I'm think actually. Good. Go ahead. No, I said I'm, I'm, start, I'm, I'm sort of invested in drinking recently, which is nice. That's that's been good. Ah. Mostly killed my bottle of Johnny Walker Black Black, which your uh, which uh, the delightful Charles gave me for Christmas, and yep. uh, I've, I've since acquired a bottle of Bushmills. So it's uh, a lot of people. They they say that um, alcohol sales are fifty five percent right now. I fucking believe it, man. And shotgun sales are up. How much? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, so we were, we are talking about John Frankenheimer, and that's. Um, I don't know how now, we've avoided him for so long. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like before, you you posed some interesting questions about Frankenheimer and his relationship with uh, Burt Lancaster. Yeah. My question is: is um, do you, are you like me that whenever no, I hear the in name, no John way, Frank, am I like you? What's that? Every time, go ahead. Sorry, I blew your your setup. Go ahead. Every, yeah. Every time I hear the word uh, John, the name John Frankenheimer, I want to finish up with Jingleheimer. No, 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 no. Yeah, we were on the same page there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Son of a bitch. I, to, I was hoping to upset you with that. And I, I blew your setup, too. I, I apologize. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my overview 
I wanted okay. to, I wanted to go to the, kind of get to this um, inductively or or organically, if you would, sir. Um, but but I'd like to. I, I think this about about John Frankenheimer. I think number one, he's a fucking hell of a director. Mm-hmm. I think he's a hell of a director in a way where it's like some directors manage to never lose their art school director flair, and you and you put up with it. And I think like Tarantino is an obvious example, but Frankenheimer is too. And I right. think Frank. Now, my question is: Is the word you're looking for flair, or like I don't know? Okay, okay go on. I, I I have another word and I lost it. So. Uh, maybe flair is the wrong word, but it's it's sort of like um, John John Frank. They, they, they have a stink that comes off of their movie. They have a they have a feeling, just a feeling that comes with the movie. Right? Well, no, that, that's, that's where I'm getting. It's more than tone, though. It's an approach. I think. Yeah. He, I think that Frankenheimer is very very interested in. Um, the landscape of his films and the big picture. So it's like the way he sets up like angles and shots and the way he pairs a, like a, a, a close-up or or pulling out of a close-up into a long shot, the way he pairs it with like certain sounds. It's like, it's it's a symphony. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's orchestrative. It's fantastic. And I don't think he gives a shit about directing actors in scenes. Because okay. his, his movies are, by and large, like really interesting, sometimes cinematic, um, okay. uh, not quite like Cecil B. DeMille or anything. They have more of a sort of a European flair to them, even when they're set in America. But when mm-hmm. it comes to like two actors in a scene, in a frame talking, sometimes it's bad acting. And the reason I think he has a symbiotic relationship with Burt Lancaster is... Burt Lancaster is America's greatest, uh, I'm sorry, is America's best slash corny actor. <laughs> okay, okay, I can see that. I w- yeah, I would say that's true. He's not, I, I would say, yeah, calling Burt Lancaster a great actor inherently, except in a few roles. I would say uh, he's done, he did some extraordinary acting, but by and large, Burt Lancaster walks into movies and is Burt Lancaster. So yeah, that, he's not a great actor. And you're right, corny. He does corny really well. He does it shamelessly. Well, what that allows um, Frankenheimer to do is it allows him to, in a way, when when he's when Frankenheimer's directing a scene with two or three actors and, and Lancaster's in it, Lancaster's physical physicality the way he controls the sort of like the frame his ridiculous right. sort of like he does this thing all the time where he he um he does like a, a pensive pause right uh-huh. and 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 in a way it's actually lancaster who's directing those scenes his corniness is sort of directing the action for the rest of the people and frankenheimer's like great i can go back to my sketchbook about this this fucking weird um staircase shot that i'm gonna do Right. You know, the thing about it, too, is I think this and and correct me if you don't get this feeling as well. But one of the things that I think that they have in common, Frankenheimer and uh, Lancaster and why they're so symbiotic and they go together so often and so well is that both at heart, they have a they have a little they're kind of propagandists. They're kind of about social. They they like doing social issue concepts. No, that's not always the case with Lancaster. But I think every chance he got, he had, he had, would attack a, a social. I would say it's more the, more the case with Lancaster than Frankenheimer because Frankenheimer does it in our first film, certainly. Right. He, he did it in a film that we did and attributed to Lancaster before Seven Days in May, although you might call that an ensemble film. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, but, but um, 
uh, Frankenheimer um, also did The Train, which we're going to talk about later on, which I don't think is primarily a social uh, movie. And he did it with a little movie called The Island of Dr. Marrow in the late 70s uh, with Burt Lancaster. Really? I never saw that. Yeah, that's the thing. I started thinking about how to stretch this into non-Lancaster stuff, and I thought, well, after a while, it's like you're just going to do some stupid movie he's done that's probably, there's a reason no one's heard of it. Well, there's a, you know, the Black Sunday, he did that one. I'm looking at his list here. Black Sunday's the fo- that's the assassination football game thing, Black Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. No, it's about a, it's a terrorist attack. Uh, at a football stadium, though, right? During, like, right. the Super Bowl? Right, and a candidate, too. So I think, like, there's always, like, a, I don't know, there's, like, I said that, I, I get that feeling from their work together. Yeah, I, although I would say the second one is not that, but but we'll get to that when we get to it. it. It's certainly the case with the first one, which is 1961. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. The Young Savages. Young Savages, yes. A movie you and I have seen, I think, two or three times each, and you this was, you don't like it. Um, it's just too ham-fisted. It's just too much of a. It's just. It's it's very uh, it's very very much a propaganda movie of a particular uh, approach uh, to social issues that I don't happen to be a fan of. Describe uh, propaganda for me. What, let, maybe we should define what, what what we mean when we say propaganda. Well, okay. So this is I would say this is actually kind of a, the, there's something of interest to be had in this movie, The Young Savages, in that you know it's essentially it's a it's a it's a 1960s um, it's again 61. Uh, it's uh, dealing with the youth gone wild, which was, you know, the, the you know, the, um, uh, the uh, was a big thing, was a big theme at that time period. Like uh, movies about young people uh, being hooligans, being violent, uh, and you know, uh, it being a so it being now ad- admitted as a social issue. What does that mean then? And that's that's where the propaganda comes in. This is very much a well. Why didn't they bring? You know, they've got bootstraps. Why are they still down? But that's very much sort of where uh, this movie is championing that concept. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, is it fair to describe it as kind of um, a halfway point between Twelve Angry Men and the Blackboard Jungle? Yeah, something like that. I would say no, but what I will say in defense of this movie is that even though it's doing that, it is nevertheless acknowledging a common humanity, which is not the way these things normally go. Like so, so in a sense, it's a kind of a humanist propaganda for this other this other viewpoint. Yeah, but the thing is, here's here's why I disagree with you. Not that I think it is a great movie, or not that I, I agree that it gets ham fisted, is that I think it avoids being what you're describing as propaganda because it all it takes little turns where it's kind of fair. It's sort of like I'll give you an example, and, and we're jumping ahead of the plot, but uh, Burt Lancaster as the DA has um, this job to do to prosecute. Right? right to prosecute young men, and possibly for the death penalty. And his wife is kind of surprised, like that he's broken from their progressive sort of, um, you know, shared standpoint. And she starts making big beefs, including when she's she's uh, stinking drunk, about like um, you know, basically putting children in, in electric chairs, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And but then the movie has some of those children attack her. And make her yeah. frightened, and and she doesn't go, she doesn't swing all the way the other way either. It just all of a sudden becomes more complicated for her, right? And it's complicated for him in a more traditional way. You know, the guy who has he's between two things: his job and his past. 
And it's like that right. one's a little more ham-fisted, but I do think even though it's ham-fisted, it's another example of how oh, – oh, and, 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 and the conditions that these kids grow up in is given a lot of play. But also they're shown to be assholes. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I, I think. That's kind of where I was going with that. Like I said, there's there's a certain fa- like a, f- a certain fairness, yeah. uh, sort of interior to the movie. Like you know, like, like I said, like uh, there's there's an acknowledgement that the kids are actually human beings. Yeah, uh, there's the wife's you know uh, wife's complicated. Even though like the chances of that are you know the, that's very obviously from a movie. That's a movie trying to make a movie. The chances of somebody feeling complicated or, or complexity about it, or the chances. Well, of no, it's just the, the the chances that that group of youth decide to terrorize that particular woman. Uh, well, it wasn't by happenstance; not. they targeted her because it was his wife. I mean, it, yeah, but the chances that they would even do that—I mean, it, it's just—it's it, convenient in a movie, in a sort of a movie sense. Okay, that's fair. But but again, like I said, the fact that uh, that, that adds complication to it is interesting. That's that's. Uh, that's like I said, kind of the saving point of this movie. The, 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 they're not saying this is are all easy answers. Just these are the right answers. That's kind of yeah. So, so the, get, I kind of step off on that a little bit. The premise is that we have it. We it opens with these three kids who are not. It's not the horsemen. Who are they? Not the sharks. Not the jets. Whatever the fucking gang. The white. The, the Itali- white. The Italian white gang is in. Bill and, Butcher and his boys. Yeah, right. And and they're they're um, they essentially attack and stab uh, a blind Puerto Rican kid who's playing harmonica, all a little Stevie Wonder, nineteen sixty four, on the steps of his New York City apartment. Um, right. There are witnesses to the crime, and there's a woman, there's a girl who's following the three boys because she's in love with one of them. And so when they ditch their knives, she disposes of the evidence. And so, you know, we start with the idea that there's hearsay. And because there's hearsay, it means that cultures are going to class as to what they say. Right. And I like the fact that, like, it's – but, again, this is kind of what what Frankenheimer does really well is, is, is as you point, he he uses his camera to, like, really good effect. Oh, yeah. So just the fact that as the the kids are walking, they're walking – the neighborhood becomes less white – and at one point, they pass in front of a papaya stand, which yeah. indicates they're in Spanish Harlem. That's, and that's right. where it was going with that. So, so in a sense, like it's 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 decent, if somewhat cheesy, storytelling by way of camera. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I, I feel like I'm I'm bending over backwards to let Frankenheimer off the hook because he's he's trafficking in stereotypes of the landscape of a culture. Let's say even right at that point. Um, and, and, uh, you know, lots of things, you know, the three Italian little, you know, gangbangers, um, you got your, uh, a requisite like Dumbo, you know, um, mentally retarded, um, kid. Right. Who did, I don't know. What's, what's a knife? Did I have a knife? And then you have, um, a, a kid, the, the leader who's so unlikable, not for, not the least of which, because, um, he looks like a thin Louis Anderson. <laughs> I, he just is well, yeah, he's basically he's got like the the personality of like a, like a chihuahua somebody just burned to the balls like it's just <laughs> like there's, there's stopping like yeah. his his anger and rage are like that, that's that's like all he's got. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's like a he's like a young he's like if William Buckley had gone wrong had gone awry. <laughs> And, and then you have the kid who's who's not really a tough. It's like he's got the tender heart, and it turns the complication. Ask me those pearls. The, com- <laughs> the complication is that the one of the three kids who's who's up on murder here is the son of Shelley Winters, who was Burt Lancaster's ex, who had dumped him apparently, and so this is the mm-hmm. son. He it could have been his son. 
Maybe, right. Maybe right. A no, it was. It was. They never really made the trying to make the case that it was actually a son, but that it ought, that it could easily have been, and left you wondering if that was even a possibility. And and so he's he's often he's got this new life. Um, you know, and he's obviously come up from um, Harlem or, or wherever he was raised, and, and better, my friend, made the right choice. He did, you know, pull himself up by the booster. That's another thing too. That's that's a complication I like. I don't actually like this film that much, but I'm trying to defend it. it is <laughs> that sure? while while it is sort of. Um, calling into question this this ridiculous idea that you can pull yourself up from the bootstraps, it does imply that, that he did. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And let me be very clear. Like, I don't... Uh, I didn't... I, I never liked this movie, per se, but I didn't start to hating it until we had to watch it for the fourth... Until I had to watch yeah, it for the fourth this, time. And I was like, the, back, back when we were the Cinnabums and we were doing um, our show, much like this, actually, um, yeah. via phone... Uh, because we were just two broke dudes living in two different cities, um, we we did this, and then of course that didn't matter because we had to abandon the Cinnabums project, and then we watched it again, and then we shouldn't have a heart to do it. But suddenly I have the heart, and and there are several things I yes you do Joseph. <laughs> um, I like um, I like some things. I like the I think film debut of Mr. Telly Savalas, who loves you, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, being Kojak, like he's just like, being Kojak. Like, yeah, he did not really. Like, if you want to see where he got Kojak from, watch this fucking movie because this is really this is him without the lollipop. That was a, an affectation he added later on, but the, this um, is very much Kojak. You know, uh, uh, Burt Lancaster is like a, an assistant district attorney or something because the district attorney who's who's got a turning point politically, and, and this this case may launch him into the governor's uh, mansion. Is I forget his name, but he's an actor. He was on Bewitched. He's been in a, a thousand Disney films. Um, Wasn't he Larry? What's that? The hell, which character was he in Bewitched? Was he, he was Larry. Boss? He was one of the Larrys. Yeah, there were two Larrys yeah, and two dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's always just sort of like delightfully creepy in, in every movie he's in. Um, yeah. Oh, we mentioned Kojak. Um, and it, those guys who look like he was born with white hair. Yeah. He just carried it all the time and so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, so it has all kinds of complications, that underlying sort of relationship. You know, the idea that, that Burt Lancaster would put his his old lover's son into the electric chair. Um, mm -hmm. And at the same time, the idea that there is, it does sort of address, like, the white power structure. I mean, it, 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 it addresses it. It's there. Yeah. And they're yeah. saying it. It's brought out. And it's trying to be um, edgy, and even where it fails, I give it credit. He's sitting on the couch in his apartment, and as a totally, you know, it's one of the. It's I do you. <laughs> this is an in reference, so you can't make too much. You can't acknowledge it too much, but the Happy Days episode where um, uh, Howard has a black army friend come over, uh, yeah. and yeah, yeah. and um, Joni, little Joni, has a napkin. On her face, and she's saying, um, "Look, I'm doing the Invisible Man," and it, it sets the black friend up for a joke. Um, white hoods make me nervous, um, and and it's, it was pointed out like, why would Joni have a napkin on her head? That's just a, such a non sequitur to set that joke up. And this happens when Burt Lancaster and his wife are sitting on the couch, and their teenage daughter comes through, and she goes, "Ma, will you take me shopping? Or I need a new bra." And Burt Lancaster says, 
Judy's wearing a bra now? She's been wearing a bra for a year now, Bert, or whatever. And it's like, why did we need to know that except that it's 1961? It's like, ah, I see the ride we're in for. We're going to be talking about, about bras and about how this district attorney knows about his daughter's bra or something. I don't know. It had a bunch of non sequiturs in it. Um, it was ridiculous. At one point, one of the horsemen, which is the Puerto Rican gang, talks about like, hey, um, you have no right to, to shoot somebody. I don't care if they were a bad person. I don't care if they beat their mother or even sell pot. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you remember, like, uh, what was it? Um, uh, no, fuck. Ah. What is it? Tell us, wow, Tommy I am boy. just not doing well today, man. What's wrong? Are you out of it? Are you just, are you What's that? Are you just kind of mentally out of it today? No, I just keep forget. I keep dropping things. I think it's the it's the it's the isolation that's fucking with me. Maybe there's something I'm not as sharp in, as I normally am in all the bread you've been making. Maybe there's some sort of like contaminant that they didn't. They're just finding out about something in the yeast that oh, makes you lose your. I've got fucking. Uh, I've got uh, that uh, that. Uh, oh no! Yeah. He's doing it again. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Joe! Why are you setting me up like that? You son of a bitch! <laughs> all right. Uh, um, you know, and so uh, basically, it, it's it's one of those that comes down to like anatomy of a murder. That's what I was gonna say. That's the part where they keep talking about the word panties and anatomy oh, of a murder. Oh right, pink panties. Yeah. And that quality. Right? Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, although that's a, a ten times the movie this is, but, but it comes down <laughs> well, to a, a yeah. court scene, and you know, somehow Burt Lancaster has to sort of walk this line between justice. What what does justice mean? And of course, that's where the, those ridiculous court scenes come out. Like, um, like a judge will say, I. Uh, where is this questioning going? And Bert, like I said, uh, it's in, the, uh, in search of justice, Your Honor. Oh, okay. Right. Well, yeah, fine. I, look, carry on, please. Um, I was hoping. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. Um, yeah. I don't know. What would you rate this movie out of ten? I'd give it like a six. It's it's. En- I find it enjoyable. I find it it's, it's engaging. It's it's mostly competent. And if I and let me take away my my resentment of having watched it. Intense as I had. Um, yeah, I go like a five. Five. I mean, five I, the thing I like most about it is probably, 130. I <laughs> the thing I like most about it is what it's trying to do. It's almost like a, a like a, a little film archaeology here. It has a great yeah. ending, and it's like um, the, the the mother of the murdered boy um, said. Shelley uh, Winters. No, no, the mother of the, of the murdered boy. Oh, of the blind yeah, boy. Right. Um, so someone tried to kill my son and Burt Lancaster's um, last line, a lot of people killed your son, Miss Escalante. Like, society, <laughs> society killed him. <laughs> so we're calling this subtle movie making, are we? I mean, it's, I, uh, you know. I, look, <laughs> and and it's, it's Frankenheimer's, I think, second full-length uh, job at, as a director, maybe the first one that had any real cloud or distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know, I'll give it a pass. Passing yeah. grade. Yeah, go watch it. It's it, yeah. It's not. I mean, there's so many better movies to watch, but it's still. Sure, I, go check I can it. tell you one better movie to watch, and that's 1965's The Train. Fuck yeah, dog! Whoop whoop! And I, here's the thing: that, we uh, had this conversation before, and I have to say, I have seen this movie. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I didn't remember it, so it was it was definitely worth the rewatch. And 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 and, and might I say, a worthy member of the Tom the Tom Eyeball Club. Yes. Um, it, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm plussed. Um, it's, uh, I think if it, I'll tell you this, I think that seven days of May is 1964. The train is 1965. Both Frankenheimer. 
both Lancaster. I think that uh, Seven Days of May gets all the credit, and I think it's the train that deserves it. I think the train's a better movie than than. Train's a better movie. Yeah, it is. It is. It is I, and don't get me wrong, I love Seven Days of love May. Love Seven that's, Days of May. That that's a movie that's exactly what it is. Yep. It's really it's it's. Yeah, it is. It is. We hate dictatorship. But it's that's got the, the moment, movie. It's got moments of brilliant. I, 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 brilliant. I love Seven Days of May, but the train is yeah, a fucking great, It's a great acting in it too. But this is actually, but the but the train is, I think, inherently just a better movie. Actually. It's it's. Uh, I've seen it. I don't know five or six times, and I'm as hmm. anxiety ridden each time I see it about yeah. the stuff that's going on. Um, I think. Well, it's, that's because you're you're watching Frenchmen, and, the, and nobody's giving you a baguette, Joe. <laughs> Boo. Um, and it, um, I think it's it's a masterpiece. I think it's as it, all the artistic choices he makes are fucking fantastic. I think Can I ask you something really quick? Are yeah. you are you futzing with your volume because you suddenly got a lot quieter? Oh no, right, is that fine? It's still quieter than it was before. Uh, it's on your end. Mm. Everything's the same here. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a masterpiece. Can you hear me? Yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. I think there's not a wasted shot in this film. Mm. Um, I think it takes on the best of like European cinema. I think the way, what I was talking about before, the way he matches shots with sounds is incredible. Um, I think even, even with the storyline, which he's not responsible for, the relationship between Lancaster as the train, you know, the conductor and the woman who runs the hotel is, mm -hmm. is perfect because mm -hmm. nothing more happens than needs to happen. Right. There's just enough to establish pain and then he moves on. Right. And, and like I, I like point out, it would have been real easy. It would have been super easy to put more into that relationship than than would be reasonable to actually expect of it, right? Yeah, and it, it asks. Um, they avoided that. It asks a, 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 a philosophical question mm -hmm. that um, is maybe slightly over the top, but only if you're being picky, and it's an important one. And because mm -hmm. the premise is um, that Paul Schofield, by the way, this was his year. I think this is the same year he did for Man for All Seasons, which we should do sometime. Okay. Paul Schofield is a fucking great actor. Um, he plays the German um, uh, colonel who's obsessed with art, the art. And, and basically, right. essentially, the Germans are, are pulling back out of France. And, mm -hmm. and Paul Schofield has convinced the high command to loot, essentially, um, the, the art museums in France and take all the great art out of France into Germany. And he sold it on the idea that this will be an economic boom. For, for Germany, right. uh, but of course he he's just in love with this art, um, yeah. and and the woman who owns the gallery, who's run it or, or is in charge of several of the galleries, um, enlists these sort of French freedom fighters, including some of these men who work for the train um, company or whatever, um, to uh, make sure that the art is saved. Now now right. what what interesting thing that happens is she her, she's all in. She her her perspective is. This is a national sort of like um, uh, uh, pride. This is this is a, a, the French humanity encapsulated. We have to save this stuff, and mm -hmm. and and they make an early sort of thing. So you want us to blow it up? Oh no, heavens no! And they're saying, look, men will die. And she's saying it's worth it. I hate to say it, but if men die, this is more important than the lives that will be lost. And what happens is the story diverges because what you have to sort of now figure out is 
it's not just those two choices, it's three choices. Do we save the art? Um, or do we save the men? Or like a third option, which is like, is it worth destroying the art to not have it in the wrong hands? Right. And well, okay. And so here's interesting. I think um, like the German officer ultimately comes to the conclusion that so long as the, you know if the art exists, then that's fine. Okay, so that's kind of where that's kind of where that comes out. But what I think is really fascinating is that uh, Bert Lancaster himself he's not interested in any of the higher questions. The character is not really interested in any of the higher questions of the art. He's he's brought in for purely personal reasons. He invests in this not ending up with the Germans, as in just say fuck you to that. Uh, yeah, and then there are some comp He's complications. definitely a guy on which art is lost as a concept, and that's made very clear. And what makes it an interesting story is that part of that he's also sort of dragged into it because there are those in his group who are committed to the art and are committed to the idea of the French humanity that's, in, that's invested or imbued in this art. Um, and but when they when complications happen and and either some of them are killed or he's forced to take over the train, he's given this sort of like complexity of a job he doesn't really want to do. But if he's going to do it, he's going to do it to to fuck you to the Germans, which is not what a either party wants. Certainly not the Germans, but not really yeah. what the, the art collectors were after either. So it's like the com mm -hmm. the complicated sort of spokes in this wheel of like what this what the different characters are after in this movie is, I think, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's really, and, and like this one avoids a lot of the sort of the easier sort of answers, which again, like at some point it could have occur, turned into across the uh, across the, uh, the North Atlantic and, uh, you know, and Lancaster's character is all about the honor of France at the right. end of the movie or something like that. Yeah. And he's a much more sort of mercenary character. Than that, it's all about like fuck you to the Germans. He's he's kind of he's he's sort of petty, in a larger uh, but for, to a, to a larger good. I don't know. It's kind of a it's a very interesting choices were made. I, I think that's why it's interesting. You know the aforementioned quotes around this relationship he has with this woman who runs a, a cafe hotel because she is also petty, but they're petty for different reasons, and they're trying yeah. to sort of like engage the other one in caring about their petty reason, and it's what right. bonds them. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really kind of remarkable. It's actually. a remarkable film in that way. And then the other thing is, just as an action adventure movie, I mean, please let's not give away how they divert this train, but the really inventive way they go about diverting <laughs> this train—almost unbelievable, but holy fuck, that's awesome! It's right. uh, oh, yeah, it's totally unbelievable. But you're on board. I, I'm trying to think of you know train movies. There's like the Cassandra Crossing or something, but other than like the twenty like minutes, after again, you love trains. I guess so. Um, and they have tr great train robberies. I never find those very very engaging. The only movie with a train sort of like as a character in it is like the twenty minute segment from The Wild Bunch. That's the only thing I can think of that kind of like rises to the level mm -hmm. of what Frankenheimer does for two hours and fifteen minutes in this film. Right. Well, that's the funny thing about it, like, too. I mean, trains are, like, just so inherently linear that doing something interesting with them is kind of a challenge, I would think. And I think Frank and Amber really rises to the challenge on this one. Oh, yeah. And, and I have to give credit to the screenwriters, too. Oh, those guys. Yeah, sure. I yeah, guess those so. schmucks. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I mean, the... the the complexity... Not to mention the gaffers. Those guys are awesome. <laughs> and the best boys. Um <laughs> 
They, uh, yeah, I mean, the complexity of, like, I mean, even this film shows the novice, like myself, like, the complexity of, like, what I think of as a train track is, like, oh, yeah, all these fucking different, like, ways that it, you know, complexities. And back then, of course, all by, like, manual operation uh, of, of how you how you do that. But a train can be absolutely, on its surface, it seems like a very boring thing to yeah, non-train enthusiasts. And how you how you uh, you know send one train down one track and co-join trains together? Boring as fuck as a rule. I've yeah, I had a friend who actually did that for a living. He tried to explain it to me once. I practically fell asleep on it. Mm. This is normally a very boring thing, but it becomes like such an inherent part of this very tense movie here. I love that idea. It's sort of like. Um... I, I never really understood how they could fuck up Speed 2, the one with the gigantic boat. <laughs> I love the idea of, of like a cruise, like Princess Cruise Liner being like a getaway. You know, like that's an awesome idea. Like, but but he managed it here. And some of the scenes are fucking spectacular. Mm -hmm. the, the, the 